Hello and welcome to the Freelance Dietitian Podcast. I'm your host, Julia Zakshevsky, and in this podcast, I'll teach you how to make money in the freelancing world as a registered dietitian nutritionist. You will learn how to apply your nutrition knowledge to create a flexible side income, to increase career fulfillment, and how to flip your mindset so that you can start living the life you've always dreamed of. Thank you for everyone joining me for the second part of the Upwork series. This is going to be the final part. Last week, I went through the technical pros and cons of using a freelance marketplace to find freelance jobs. The reason I did this is because many experienced freelancers will tell you not to waste your time on a freelance marketplace like Upwork and Fiverr because you won't make that much money. And although this is true, I still position myself in favor of using Upwork because it is so convenient and there are real dietitian jobs that are posted on that site. So why not? I made 10,000 Canadian dollars using Upwork this year, and it was the key to boost my confidence as a freelance writer. And it also gave me a really solid stack of portfolio pieces, which allowed me later to apply for higher paying gigs. So it really was a beautiful snowball effect. If you want to hear more about the pros and cons of Upwork, go back and download the previous episode and give that a lesson. You are always welcome to message me if you have questions. For this episode, a listener had requested that I share more information about the rates I charge on Upwork, projects I've done, projects I've loved, and projects that I did not love so much. And thank you so much for asking that. I think that's such a fun idea. I'm really happy to chat about that. This episode, I'm going to cover all of that, and I'm also going to share some stories of stuff I did or people I worked with that was such a dumb, dumb, dumb decision, and I just don't want you to repeat the same mistake if you can help help it. And if you do end up making the same mistakes as me, don't worry. Your girl has been there. You will get through it. Everything can just be chalked up to lessons learned. So I comb through my upper profile to get some very specific numbers for you um, because I have been using it for quite a while. I, I signed up actually in December of last year because I just heard about it through a friend and I had no idea what I was doing. So I didn't really touch it until March because I was really intimidated by the whole process Um, but then I signed up in March. So I'm going to start this as of March, 2021. And to be clear, I did not sign up to Upwork with the expectation of making 10 grand. I did not join the platform expecting to make real money. And I certainly was not hoping to join, sorry, to match my salary. I joined the platform because I really wanted to get freelance experience in a safe space where I could have a lot of handholding, especially when dealing with clients and what to say and with the money side of it and just the whole business transaction. I, ha- I didn't know what a contract was for freelancing and Upwork took care of all of that. So that's why I really encourage newbies to hit up Upwork because it is such a safe space. With that in mind, keep in mind that every single rate I'm gonna tell you is very low in the big picture of the freelance world. These are the numbers I decide to charge. You're not obligated to use the same numbers as me. And if you can get higher rates, I absolutely encourage you to do it. Also, for the record, I am in no way affiliated with Upwork whatsoever. I don't get a kickback for promoting their platform. I just had a lot of really positive experiences there that were really formative for my career. And that's why I'm making these podcast episodes about them. So when I first started applying for jobs on Upwork, I didn't have any professional writing experience before. So I virtually had no portfolio. And what I did to build myself a portfolio was to write a few articles and I published them onto my LinkedIn. 
And these articles were on topics that I felt really comfortable writing about. I did one that was, if I could only give one piece of nutrition advice as a dietitian, what would it be? The other one was a little bit more of a scientific lens, and I focused on iron and anemia and the risks, um, people who are high risk for developing that deficiency, just to flex my, my research skills a little bit more. And that was it. So I published them to LinkedIn, and I would use that for my portfolio. And my very first job I got hired for was actually not related to nutrition at all. It was for a client in Australia. She wanted me to write about yoga stretches to combat jet lag. That's what it was. And it was 30 US dollars for a thousand words. And I took the job because I am a licensed yoga teacher instructor. So I felt really comfortable writing about the topic. Ultimately, it took me an hour and a half to write this one page worth of information because I was overthinking every single sentence. So the return I made was pretty much pennies. But to be honest, I did not care one bit. I was so happy to write, to get paid for it. Somehow writing about a topic that I was really passionate about that wasn't related to nutrition was also kind of comforting in a way. I don't know. Sometimes I feel like when you publish nutrition content, people really go through it with a fine tooth comb and they're really quick to call you out. So I felt a very nice alleviate, like alleviated pressure writing about some other topic. The time change between us was a little bit tricky to manage. Obviously, she was in Australia and I'm in North America. So I did have quite a few questions for her because it was my first job ever. But whenever she got back online, she was so quick to respond. She really was a dream client. She had outsourced her writing a few times before. So she knew exactly what she wanted. She told me how many headers to include, what type of headers they should be. She also told me that she wanted images and she gave me the right websites where I could find essentially free stock images that were safe under the copywriting law. She was so patient, like she really was a gem of a client. And I think the lesson here is that if you're not sure what to do, always ask your client it's extremely likely that they have a solid idea of what they want and especially their preferences. So it will take so much pressure off of your shoulders. I remember being so scared to submit the final document because I literally had no idea if she would like it because for writing, I mean, it's very subjective. I didn't even know how to upload it on the Upwork platform. Like I felt like such a, such a doofus. And she told me exactly what to do and she loved it. She ended up giving me a great review and then the money left the escrow and went into my account. And let me tell you the first time that you pay yourself out from Upwork, it feels illegal or it feels like a movie. It feels like when you go to the bank and you put in your card and all of a sudden you have like a million dollars in your bank account and you kind of look around like, what the heck's going on? Where did this money come from? I had never done any type of business transaction over the internet before, so this really blew me away. Like I couldn't even wrap my brain around the fact that I could make money without having to sit in a medical office, without having to talk to a single patient, and still get to use all of my knowledge that I had gained throughout my lifetime. And obviously this article was not about nutrition, but my future articles would be about nutrition. So it was really exciting to see that I could use my degree in a very non-traditional way. The articles that I typically write on Upwork are called ghostwriting articles, which means that I do not get any credit for the articles. So as soon as money exchanges hands, the client assumes full ownership of the writing. That means they that means your name is never attached to it. If you do ghostwriting gigs, always make sure you talk to the client how you can include a sample for your portfolio. 
it's unlikely that you're going to get to post a link to the full article on your page because it can interfere with the search engine optimization. However, you can typically get an excerpt or I've even had companies create like a little prettied up media document with the highlights of what I contributed. And then I could include that in my portfolio as well. So just always make sure you go over those details with your client and keep building your portfolio. After my first experience on Upwork with my Australian client, I had credibility. I got that five-star review on my port- on my uh, profile, sorry, brain fart. And then I applied for a job that was paying 75 US dollars for a a thousand words. So that was more than double my first job. And I just went for it because the topic was about mental health for small business owners uh, who work in a DIY and craft environment. And it was devoted to women only. So what a small and awesome niche, like I'm very crafty, so I was immediately drawn to the topic. And although the person who pitched, sorry, who posted the job wanted a piece about mental health, I decided to pitch it to her and add in a nutrition flex. And that gave my proposal an edge. I told her, I'm a dietitian. I specialize in food and mood. I'd love to write a piece about nutrition and mental health for female business owners. And I got it. Like, it's just be creative when you send your pitches. Really think about how you can leverage being a dietitian or being a nutrition pro when you are creating your pitches. She also was a phenomenal client, and I wrote several pieces for her over the year. The best part about Upwork is that the clients really do seek freelancers that they can return to over and over again to complete future projects. So as a freelancer, that's wonderful because it does give you consistent work and you can have some reliable income over the next couple of months. My first big project was to create a seven-day meal plan for a lady in New Zealand. She wanted the meal plan to focus around the autoimmune protocol diet. I had never worked in this area of nutrition before, but I had heard of it, and I had also never made a meal plan before. But I could see the job posting was for 300 US dollars, and that would have been my highest paying project yet. So I really wanted to challenge myself and see if I could do it. After talking to her, we agreed that the turnaround date for that project would be three weeks. And that was a huge challenge for me. I totally underestimated how long it would take to complete this project while I was working full time and while I was doing my other writing jobs. So it was a struggle to finish this, especially because there are so many dietary restrictions. And in this project, I really felt affected by the time difference because she would go to sleep or she would disappear on weekends because she was living her life. So I wouldn't hear from her for anywhere from 12 hours to two days. So even though on paper I had three weeks, it really boiled down to about 10 working days to finish this project. All in all, we did our best and she was really nice to work for. She was very reasonable. But in this project, I learned how much I hated making meal plans. I will never do it again. They barely involve nutrition writing and they're very expensive to make. Because if you aren't sitting on a library of recipes that perfectly apply to the meal plan you're trying to create, you're gonna be spending quite a few dollars buying ingredients and doing some test recipes in your kitchen. So if you are a dietitian who loves recipe making and who loves meal plans, let me tell you that there is a huge market for this and you could make 
huge dollars, especially the more specialized you get with different dietary restrictions. So don't let my stinky attitude about this service deter you. It can be hugely lucrative. And also there's a lot of RDs who love the recipe life and love making new ones and you know who would absolutely thrive in this job. I think Upwork especially, they're not going to be super high paying, but they are littered with meal plan jobs. So absolutely, if that's your jam, check it out. So I kept getting higher and higher paying jobs. It was for a ebook for a client who lived in Portugal and he had written about his personal journey curing his eczema by focusing through dietary changes. And I remember that I applied to this job because it sounded interesting. I'd never worked on a longer project before, like an ebook, but there was no price attached to the to the job posting. So I had no idea if he was actually serious about hiring someone with my credentials. And I had no idea if he would be a high ticket client or not. In the end, he wanted a professional dietitian and i that's exactly me. So it was a perfect match. He wanted me to go through his content to make sure it was factually accurate and that it had good flow and it was entertaining to read. He truly ended up being a dream client. He paid me 1300 US dollars for this project. It took me 20 hours. Seriously, it was the easiest project I've ever done because I already had all the nutrition expertise. I had already worked with clients and patients who had eczema in the past, so I was really well versed in this area. And at this point, I'd already been writing for about three months, so I felt really confident with my skills. I ended up, like I mentioned, loving writing eBooks. To date, it's my favorite service that I offer in my nutrition business, my freelance nutrition business, because It gives you an opportunity to work a little bit more in depth with your clients. I also just enjoy having longer assignments because you get your take your time into the project and it doesn't feel so rushed. The next client I secured on Upwork was really exciting because it was the first time a client had sought me out on Upwork. I got an invitation for the job. She needed a nutrition health professional to help write out her ebook, which was explaining her experience of curing her rosacea by prioritizing her gut health. Her project was much smaller in terms of word count, so we agreed upon a fixed price of a thousand US dollars. It took me about 16 hours to do, so I was really pleased with that. She needed quite a bit of handholding because she had no idea what an ebook should entail, how long it should be, if there should be chapters or headers. And at that point, I had quite a bit of experience under my belt. So I was actually very comfortable guiding her and teaching her what were the best practices at the time for eBooks. And the best way to learn what the best practices are is to go and find freelancers that are offering a service that you're really passionate about. So I sought out other freelance writers that were exclusively offering eBooks. That was their entire business. And they were really happy to chat and I learned so much from them. Always, always, always seek knowledge and seek ongoing learning opportunities from people who are working in a job that you really want to work in as well. I have yet to see any kind of gatekeeping in the freelance community because I do think a lot of us try to share this information because it helps us be a united front and it helps to ensure that everybody is charging an equal rate so that clients can't get away with charging less. I currently still have three clients that I write consistently for, and I hooked up with these clients on my very early days of Upwork. I love these clients. They appreciate my work. 
It's so rewarding to work with them. My number one tip is to treat your clients like they're actually business colleagues that you might have in real life. So let them know when you're sick and if you're not able to deliver a project on time or if you're going to need an extension. Let them know when you're out of town and you can't be reached and let them know when you really had a great time writing an article and you learned a lot. These small courtesies humanize you instead of just being a name on a screen and they go a long way for building rapport with your clients. I've worked quite a few more projects on Upwork, but the ones I've mentioned here are the most memorable for my growth on Upwork and as a freelancer. The older clients I have out of the three that I mentioned pay me a much lower rate because that's what we agreed to when I got hired. And I could tell them that I wanted to increase my rates, but honestly, I don't want to risk losing them because they're just so great to work for. It's really no sweat off my back to create an article for them. A good practice would be to raise your rates every time that you sign on a new client because then you don't have to deal with any awkwardness about telling them that you're changing your rates and you don't have to run the risk of potentially losing a client because sometimes you do raise your rates and clients can't afford you anymore. And that's just part of the growth period of your freelance business. At this point on Upwork, like I mentioned, this is like midsummer. I have been making about two and a half to three grand a month. And I'm taking freelance writing very seriously. However, there were clients too specifically that made me doubt whether I could be a freelancer or if I even wanted to put up with their nonsense because they were so emotionally manipulative. And one of them was so gaslighty. The very first client He had a low histamine website and he wanted me to produce recipes for him following his low histamine guidelines, which were so inconsistent, by the way, with what other professionals have published about. Okay, red flag. He also wanted me to include images for the recipes and that's not an issue per se. However, he only wanted to pay me $20 and that is hugely undervaluing what the project is worth because now I have to go and buy every single ingredient because I have to make it in real life. I had kind of a higher end camera so I could take pictures, but I also had to make sure my dishware was cute and that the setting was picture perfect. Like it was very, it was a lot of work, okay? Because you essentially become a professional photographer (laughs) as well as developing these recipes. He would disappear. He would not give me help because like I mentioned, there were a lot of discrepancies between the ingredients that were appropriate based on his website versus other websites I was looking at. He also just wanted like, he just wanted me to go leaps and bounds, but refused to pay me any more money. Like the amount of time I spent researching was crazy for this project. So ultimately... He disappeared for a month. I didn't hear from him. So I was getting ready to just close the contract on Upwork because you can do that when you're the freelancer, uh, when you're just done. And he comes out of nowhere and says, I need a recipe tomorrow. And I'm just like, no. Straight up, I was like, no, I'm not doing that. Like, I haven't heard from you in a month. I'm busy. I can't just do things in 24 hours notice, especially with no extra pay. And he just said, oh, well, that's too bad. And I said, yeah, I'm like, I don't want to work with you anymore and uh, I'm, I'm ending the contract. And he got like, I don't even remember what he said. He said something kind of pissy about it, but I just said, good riddance. The next client that was kind of, it was, uh, it was a good learning experience. Let's put it like that. He wanted me to write about cannabis and women's health specifically. 
At the time, I was charging 85 US dollars for a thousand words. He wanted a discount. So I naively agreed to a discount. And let me tell you, any freelancer worth their salt doesn't give discounts. And if they do, it's very small, like 5%, because this is our livelihood. Like this is what we need to survive. So I took off 20 US dollars for him because I got greedy and I really wanted to secure this job because I knew he had a lot of work to be done. So I really wanted to secure the job so that I could meet my monthly goal. So I I dropped the charge down to 65 and he tried to get me to go even lower. Oh, I'm cringing. I'm literally cringing just remembering this. Like that is a, that's the biggest red flag of them all. If you're already giving someone a discount and they want you to go lower, they will never respect the work you do and do not work with these people because these are the type of people who have somehow no coin in their pocket, but their want list can take you to the moon and back. You know what I mean? The next four months that we worked together was literally hell. He was so micromanagey. He was so like, he was just so annoying and he was really guilty of what's called scope creep. And that means that he would ask me to do more work outside of what was in our agreed upon contract without paying me more. So, you know, it's like having a contractor come to your house and say, hey, can you just do the tiling on our backsplash? And they're like, sure. And then you're like, oh, hey, can you also install a dishwasher and also give us a whole new counter? But we're not going to pay you more. Like when you hear it in terms of the trades, you realize how ridiculous that is. And I got so, that really pissed me off because I just knew in my heart that he was treating other freelancers this way. Freelancers who are barely making a dollar, probably making even less than I was. And I just like snapped and I was just like, you know what? You're fired. You are no longer allowed to utilize these services. Good luck and goodbye. And he never responded to me. I think he was very surprised. He told me, in the past that I was his best writer. So I think he was pretty left high and dry without a writer to help him with his projects. And that just serves him right. And now he's getting blasted on my podcast. So there you go. In seriousness, I think uh, one final bonus for Upwork, like I said, is that these negative clients, I had them on the Upwork space. And And that's a positive to me because I mean that Upwork has this great resolution center. So I never felt alone. Like I was dealing with these really shitty clients, but I knew that I would have a support system in place. And that was vital to me because like I mentioned, like when I was just starting on Upwork, I had literally no experience. I barely even understood what a freelancer was. So having that to lean on felt like such a great security blanket. So that wraps up this episode. I hope it was really helpful for you. I hope it at least piqued your interest to try Upwork. If you're even curious about freelancing, it virtually costs you no dollars, just some time. If you have any questions, you're always welcome to shoot me a message. Instagram is the best place to reach me at. My handle is at freelance.dietitian. And that's it. That's all I have for this week. So take it easy. Have a good week and happy Thanksgiving to, uh, to the American listeners. And I'll be back next Tuesday. Bye.